we're just in an interesting period of time. Um, I would like to think that the thing that birthed our consciousness as we know it today, which is psychedelics, is going to support us in the last days in sorting our shit out. You know, that's where I am in my kind of blue sky thinking. And everything and everyone in between is just very important. You know, um, so as far as the clinical approach, all the research that's being done for the therapeutic arm of psychedelics, as well as what the hippies are doing, you know, as well as, you know, like everything in between plays a big part in allowing this information to be disseminated. So one, people are aware, we can start having mature conversations about psychedelics. So this day in my community, it's still difficult to have a mature conversation about psychedelics, but it's that white hippie thing, or it's just a drug, or it's it's like, it's, it's so primary school level of communication that I've got to have before we can start to like, like well actually it's just technology that we can use to shift our consciousness we can use it to you know reconfigure ourselves and you know we've got to talk about you know other things before that but I do feel that we're in a, an interesting place and space not just for young people not just in the UK but just in the world as we know it today kind of shift where we're at. You just heard the voice of Darren Springer aka Darren LeBaron Darren is an educator, researcher, and event organizer based in the UK. Known around the world for his shroom shop masterclasses, he is a keen mushroom cultivator and teacher who has been growing gourmet and medicinal mushrooms for the last 10 years. In this episode, you will learn all about the ancient history and powerful benefits of psychedelics, why people use them, how you can use them safely, and integrate them into your everyday life. If you're interested in or even fascinated by the incredible benefits and experiences that can come from psychedelics whilst learning about the ancient history of them, then stick around because this is the episode for you. Welcome to the show. My name is Ali West and since 2008, I have been working in the health and fitness industry. In the space of just under 10 years, I went from being a glorified treadmill cleaner to the owner of my own 9,000 square foot gym, Kinetic Fitness, here in Nottingham in the United Kingdom plus helping thousands of people along the way, both offline and online, to improve their health and well-being. Now I want to help you do the same by sharing my own wisdom and the wisdom of some of the brightest minds in health, fitness, nutrition, biohacking and spirituality so you can become optimally healthy in your mind, body and spirit. If you're ready, then let the show begin. Hello and welcome to the Kinetic Fitness Show, where we inspire you to live a longer, healthier, happy, and more joyful life. We cover everything you need to know to be optimally healthy in your mind, body, and spirit. Are you ready to become the ultimate version of yourself? Well, let's dive into another episode with your host and guide by your side, Allie West. Hello and welcome to episode 108, 108 of the Kinetic Fitness Show podcast. How are you doing today? Firstly, thank you for joining me. Thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate you taking your time out to listen to today's episode. This episode is going to enlighten you on all things psychedelics. My guest today has a wealth of knowledge and experience in psychedelics and in particular psilocybin mushrooms. And in this episode, we go deep on how these ancient substances, or technology as my guest likes to call them, can help you with your health, well-being, and spiritual growth in many different ways. Before we go any further, I need to drop in a quick disclaimer. 
My guests and I in no way are recommending or condoning the use of any illegal drugs or substances in any way, shape or form. Most psychedelic drugs, including but not limited to LSD, DMT, magic mushrooms and MDMA are class A or schedule one drugs in most countries. This podcast episode is simply for informative and educational purposes only. And if you do decide to engage or embark on any trips with any of these substances, then you do so at your own risk. Now that's out of the way, I would just like to make a few announcements before I introduce today's incredible guest. I would love for you to listen to them as they will help support this podcast and in return, help you as well. If you do decide to skip over this part, all the links are in the description or the show notes of this episode. My first announcement is asking for your help and support. I've just recently launched a crowdfunding campaign for the Kinetic Fitness Show. This podcast is at the point where we need to take it to the next level. This means improved audio, visual, editing, hosting, marketing, and promotion, as well as attracting amazing guests, just like my one today, to the show. All this comes at a price, and off the back of the global pandemic, my business and my podcast has taken a hit. Cash flow has been reduced, making it increasingly difficult to reinvest and grow. I also lost a couple of potential sponsors for similar reasons. Therefore, I'm asking for your help to support this podcast so I can reach and inspire even more people all around the globe. If you could make a donation, no matter how small or large, to support me and the show via the crowdfunding campaign, I would be forever grateful. Also, I will give a shout out to you on the podcast and on my social media to you or anyone who donates to this cause. This is an emotional and mental battle for me because I hate asking for money. But in these unprecedented times, even a dollar would go a long way to upgrading my show and ultimately upgrading your experience as a listener. You can donate easily and simply via my crowdfunding page. The link is in the description of this episode. Please leave me a personal message or if you prefer to remain anonymous, you can do. Either way is absolutely cool. Much love and thanks in advance. And I just want to give a big shout out to the people who have donated so far. Big shout out to Andrew, Sam, Ali, Fiona, Cheryl and Ruth. All have con- contributed to supporting me and supporting the show. So much love. I appreciate you and I can't thank you enough. Now I'd just like to mention our sponsors of the podcast today. Our first sponsor is Pure Himalayan Shilajit. Shilajit is an ancient mineral from the Himalayas which has been used in the East for its powerful benefits for thousands of years. Shilajit helps to increase your energy and mental performance, plus many other benefits. I've personally been using Shilajit for a while now and I've noticed improvements in my cognitive performance and my energy levels. And I'd love for you to benefit from this powerful ancient mineral, so I've partnered up with my good friends over at purehimalayanshilajit.com and they are offering every listener of the show a 15% discount off any order of Shilajit. Simply hit the link in the description of this podcast, place an order, and bang in the code AliWest at checkout. That's AliWest, A-L-I-W-E-S-T, at checkout to bag your discount. Our second sponsor is Mudo Health. Mudo are a DNA testing company, and they make testing your DNA and getting your own genetic profile super easy. All you do is you order your testing kit from their site, it's mailed out to you, you take a simple saliva test, send it back to their lab, 
And within a couple of weeks, you will get a breakdown of your genetic health with over 90 plus reports on your DNA. Also, you'll get a report and a breakdown on how you can make improvements to your own health on the deepest levels, all laid out in an easy, user-friendly mobile app. Mudo has revolutionized my health, my client's health, and also my family's health. My dad recently got off his medication after implementing the guidance in his genetic report from his DNA test with Mudo Health. That's why I've teamed up with the guys at Mudo to help the listeners of the Kinetic Fitness Show improve their DNA health as well. They are offering all listeners of the show an amazing 20% off any DNA kit purchase. Simply hit the link in the description, add your kit to the basket, and at checkout, put in the code ALDNA. That's ALDNA, A-L-D-N-A, A-L-D-N-A. ALDNA at checkout to bag your incredible discount. Okay, let's get stuck into the episode today. That's why you're here and introduce my guest. This week's guest is Darren LeBaron. Darren is an educator, researcher, and event organizer based in the UK. Known all around the world for his shroom shop masterclasses, he is a keen mushroom cultivator and teacher and has been growing gourmet and medicinal mushrooms for the last 10 years. By day, he is an organic horticulturist and food enterprise tutor and has translated his home-growing experience into a social enterprise. Darren is the mycologist in residence at the Somerset House, one of the largest communities of arts and creative enterprises in the UK. He is also a qualified permaculture teacher and facilitator and supports businesses and communities to create sustainable working systems and environments. He is a member and presenter at the London Psychedelic Society and is a chair and breaking convention committee member. He is also a regular presenter at the Detroit Psychedelic Conference, Ozora, Noisily Festival, and numerous psychedelic gatherings all around the world, sharing his extensive research on psychedelics and how they can support humanity in the here and now. Darren is a knowledgeable and dynamic speaker who is passionate about sharing his research and findings on ancient African plant medicines, the history, mythology, and various applications. Collectively, his work aims to inform and empower individuals from diverse backgrounds to cope with social challenges and contribute to community development as well as self-improvement in an innovative, creative and culturally aware style. So what will you learn in this episode and what are some of the key takeaways? Well, firstly, Darren shares his story and how his interest in the unknown started from a very young age. You'll learn how Darren got into the world of psychedelics and his psychedelic research. You'll also learn about the history of psychedelics and why the history has been hidden for so long. You'll learn why psychedelics are having a renaissance. You'll also learn why people use psychedelics in the first place and some of the benefits that they get from them. You'll learn about the different types of psychedelics and Darren's own personal experiences. You'll learn why mushrooms are the oldest and most ancient technology known to man. You'll also learn how psychedelics can give you access to yourself and different parts of your psyche. You'll learn how Darren's experiences have helped him to drop his own personal baggage and personal loads. You'll learn how to integrate psychedelic experiences into everyday life. You'll also learn the importance of setting, set, intention and having a sitter when taking psychedelics, particularly for the first time. You'll also learn about dosage, and individualization when it comes to taking magic mushrooms in particular. You'll find out about Darren's work in the community with young offenders and the benefits they get from his help and support. 
Darren also shares his opinion on where he sees psychedelics and humanity going in the future. Darren also shares his top tips for using psychedelics in a safe way, plus much, much more. This episode is absolutely fascinating. The information, knowledge and wisdom that Darren shares is simply unreal. And it's time more people were exposed to the world of psychedelics. Darren is doing incredible work in the community and globally to raise the profile of these powerful funguses, herbs, compounds and substances while sharing the incredible ancient history of psychedelics. You can find out more about Darren's research, his workshops and his events via his website darrenlebaron.com. Please listen to this episode without judgment and with an open mind and if you enjoy it, please share it with someone and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. If you share it on social media, please tag myself at Ali West Coach and Darren at Darren underscore Lee underscore Baron so we can share it with our followers as well. This is episode 108, 108 with Darren LeBaron. Let's do it. Hey Darren, how are you doing, man? Thanks for joining me on the podcast today. I'm good, Ali, man. Thank you for the invitation. Much appreciated. How are you doing, brother? My pleasure. No, I'm good, man. I'm good. And you've uh, just got back from tr- some travels, haven't you? You've been on the move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was in Jamaica for a few weeks and just over there checking out the sites, doing some surveying. And then, um, yeah, got into got into Europe, just part of the research and what I'm currently doing as far as exploring psychedelics, ancient history and that type of stuff. And it's all happening during a, an interesting period of time in history that has challenged me where I'm going and getting back and forth from places. But I was fortunate enough to get to Jamaica, get to Malta and spend some time in France and the Netherlands just doing some bits and pieces. Nice. Love it. Love it. Well, we'll touch on some of that stuff, uh, some of the the historical stuff and the, and the psychedelics during this podcast but before we do that would you be able to just share your your story with myself and the listeners so like a little bit of a brief backstory and then we'll go from there mate cool man so like that yeah i'll keep it as brief as possible i always find it difficult at times to introduce myself because it depends on who i'm talking to because i wear many hats so to speak but um i guess you know our background my background in relation to this subject matter is you know i have a history in working with young people primarily and young people being kicked out of school or just come out of prison, the hard-to-reach groups in the UK. So that's kind of like my background working with them in horticulture, organic food growing, you know, that's kind of like my, that was my background and which led me into understanding more about my mycelium and my ecology. And that was my personal interest. But I'd always been working with young people, but initially it was in creative arts, music and filmmaking and stuff like that. As I personally travelled more into horticulture, organic food growing, permaculture, I decided that I wanted to teach some of that as well. You know, um, so I moved away from the music and the filmmaking specifically in teaching and engaging these young people and done it through horti- horticulture. And then that's kind of like what I do on a day-to-day basis. I work in schools, you know, and um, different, you know, provisions for young people. And my personal interests are, you know, um, researching ancient history and culture which led me to various practices that these Asian cultures practice, which then further led me into the knowledge of and wisdom of psychedelics or entheogens. And um, I now, for the last seven, eight years, have been traveling, teaching people some of the research that I've come across about the Asian indigenous usages of psychedelics in particular and how we can use them in the here and now as well and create a better future. That's kind of what I do. Awesome. Can you, can you share... Um... 
your first maybe experience, how it kind of got started, how you went from maybe just being interested in in uh, plants and organic matter and then going into actually the world of of psychedelics and 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 that how did that start what was your first experience and how has it how has it gone on from there so like always i make it clear like it has been a lifelong journey that i've been on you know i can literally say from you know nursery primary and school age i've always been interested curious about the unknown and the beyond so to speak so it just got a point in time in my adult life where I could explore. Well, my young teenager, you know, in the into adult life where I could really start doing my own research and exploring things. And um, like many of my young friends at the time wanted to be X-Men, Superman, Spider-Man, stuff like that. So um, when you start learning that there's practices out there that support you in developing and becoming a better version of yourself, you know, and those kind of things are, you know, I just, I just kind of jumped into it as a, as a young teenager. I've always been on this path of just exploring, wanting to get knowledge and information, got into practices like yoga, breath work, meditation and stuff like that. I was really keen into, you know, the dream work in particular, because that was something that I felt natural and comfortable with. And then learned that there's practices that go along with dream work that you could do. So these are all practices that I was, you know, interested prior to psychedelics. And psychedelics, in essence, was still pretty much a taboo subject area for me growing up as a teen, young man, adult man in, in the UK, up until it just kept on coming up in the research I was doing, you know, about psychedelics used in various settings, you know, in relation to, you know, um, Indigenous groups in their rituals and ceremonies and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, I'm into these rituals and ceremonies and stuff, but I've never put the plants with the rituals and ceremonies. It never been presented to me in that way. So along with, you know, a few other friends like, who are interested in the, you know, in the similar stuff, we kind of stepped into that field of, you know, before we keep saying no, psychedelics isn't a, a viable route, you know, for exploring yourself because it was a drug, you know. Um, you know, it came up too many times for me to say, well, I've got to look into it before I dismiss it. You know, a true researcher, scholars can't just dismiss stuff because it, it doesn't relate to you. Or you don't, you're not feeling it. You go, all right, well, let me put it to the test, so to speak. And that's what I've done. It was basically after, you know, coming across some of my teachers at the time that were into this information but not really going for it and they pointed me to the one and only man Kalindi E who was the only person in our circle at that moment at that time was really kind of sharing that information but I was coming across his information as well as reading Rick Strassman's book DMT the spirit molecule that kind of made me decide I'm, you know I'm, I'm going for it and I went for it and life hasn't been the same since man. <laughs> that's it and it's snowballed from that 2010 I was really by 2010 slash 11 i was like yeah i've taken a red pill <laughs> well astronaut <laughs> love it it's interesting though isn't it i think it's interesting how these kind of spiritual practices and also self-development practices working on yourself almost leads you into into the world of of, of, of plant medicine and and psychedelics because that's how it my story is very similar i just kept hearing it and hearing it and hearing it again from people that i admire and look up to and that inspire me and i thought the same thing as you did i thought this there's too many people talking about it now for me to ignore it and obviously in the last kind of 10 years there's been a real renaissance of, of of psychedelics and mushrooms and lsd in particular but yeah i was the same i just kept hearing about it and i thought do you know what i mean if i need to take my own learning and my own development to the next level then this could be potentially a tool to to do that and uh it's, it's really interesting how that how that pans out yeah i really felt after a point in my research was like well you know 
from dealing with dream stuff. I was dealing with tantric arts. I was looking into martial arts and all these various practices. And then Kalindi, along with others, you know, the further you get down the path in whatever your practice is, you're going to get into these esoteric, <laughs> ritualistic, ceremonial um, bits of information or knowledge and wisdom that have these plants associated with them. It's like I couldn't get away from it as much as, you know, I felt that, you know, the creator, the most high has given me all that I need. Everything I've got is inside of me. And, you know, you don't need anything external from, you know, I was coming from a different school of thought <laughs> at that time. And you definitely don't need to be taking drugs to connect with the most high or God or, you know, your ancestors and so forth. But as I researched one area, then another area, then another, I'm like, I can't get away from, you know, you can't get away from this stuff. But I really feel if you're really on this journey, you know, self-development, self-discovery, you're going to come to this place because this is kind of like the birthing of many of the practices that most people are into today, whether it's yoga, meditation, martial arts, you know, they all have a birthing out of psych the psychedelic experience. So you can't get away from it, man. Yeah, for sure. Let's start with that then and let's touch on that a little bit, mate, is the, is the kind of the history and the, you've mentioned indigenous tribes and, and ancestors that have used these these medicines and these tools for for thousands of years maybe and, and, they've, and they were used thousands of years ago millennia ago so what has your your research brought up in terms of ancient uh, tribes and indigenous people using these these uh plants sure. so well when mine started where most people started if you just jump into this field you're going to get a lot of information geared around you know the ancient european as well as like the south american um involvement in you know in indigenous plants so i was a punter going to different events buying books doing the research and you know coming across a wealth of information you know you've got the ayahuasca vine as you probably be familiar with you know in in the in the amazon in south america region you know you've got these various other plants that you find throughout europe and mushrooms the liberty cap so i was within that you know being the first generation born in the uk you know i was very much interested in all of that stuff there i'm interested in what was going on in cornwall and Wales and Asian island and all of this stuff was coming up and part of my research was you know being of african heritage by way of the caribbean i wonder what plants we have and what stuff is going on you know over there and going to these events and stuff, I was pretty much told, like, there's not much going on in Africa, you know, like, you guys have got one plant that we know of called Iboga, which is really yeah. good for heroin addiction and alcohol recovery and trauma and stuff like that. But um, for the most part, you know, there's not, there's not, there's nothing out there. And um, it just didn't sit well with me, Ali, as far as, you know, um, knowing the information that I was privy to, you know, the ancient traditions and rites and practices and just how and where it fit, fitted it in, fitted in. I had to kind of just start doing that research for myself by people like Kalinde, who's, you know, alive, was alive and well at that time, and just studying the books and just finding out, in fact, that there's kind of like an, an unbroken tradition or rights of using these plants from prehistory, you know, and, you know, you find that, you know, written in, in cave paintings or carved in cave paintings throughout North Africa, you know, um, in particular Tunisia, ancient Egypt or better yet Kemet there's you know glyphs or hieroglyphs or medaneta that suggest the usages of various plants including mushrooms although we know mushrooms are not plants but mushrooms along with other plants that were used individually or as combinations to create these potions um, that would allow them ultimately to communicate with their ancestors and navigate their psyche and you know it's kind of been documented as well as there's oral traditions around this so whether you're in North Africa amongst the ancient Egyptians, you can travel to Central Africa where you find the earliest people, human beings we know on earth to this day, known as so-called pygmies, who were the people who introduced the usage of Iboga 
to the people that we know now, like the various Bantu and Fang tribes that use the Volga, they were introduced to it by the Pygmies, who are the earliest groups of people we find on Earth today, who were initially um, described as non-human by the Europeans who first encountered them. They, they considered them as some kind of advanced ape. That's how they were categorized. But these were the people that through the knowledge and wisdom of working with these plants were able to map out the stars, identify the land, and know what's going on in the waters, you know, as above, so below. They were the ones who kind of brought a lot of this knowledge and wisdom that we talk about today in the rest of the world that, you know, is really trendy at the moment. But it's rooted in these groups of people who were, you know, the first navigators, the first explorers, and were documenting and bringing files back to Earth and trying to create heaven on Earth. Mate, I find this absolutely fascinating i just think it's incredible why do you think that i mean this is kind of a deep question and probably one you might not have the answer to but why did did all that kind of information maybe get lost diluted hidden away for so long and like as i said the last kind of 10 years things are starting to i know we had the big portion in like the 60s where where the kind of old hippie culture was was experimenting with some of the these plants and medicines and 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 herbs but why is it kind of been so many hundreds of years where it's been in the shadows and locked away? Why do you think that is? Yeah, like I really always look at it like there's there's multiple reasons why, but if we just look at it like where we are in the world, in the part of the Western world, ultimately there are there's a reason for that because the powers that be, you know, really made a conscious effort not to allow that information to get you know available to that to the masses. And once they did, because they, they failed at that job, you know, but once they did, then that got reinforced even more. And then many things came after that to really control the minds of people as well as the people themselves, because it became big business, you know, in pushing, preventing access to certain drugs, so to speak, and giving access to particular drugs that would be more detrimental various groups and you know be able to keep the control that they have because ultimately you know psychedelics allow you to navigate your psyche they liberate oneself if you've got a liberated individual they might not want to do a nine to five every day they might not want to sign up and go to war they might not you know they just might not conform to some of the things that you know the injustices and things that are being um presented by the you know the the, the governments and the powers that be because they have an agenda at the end of the day and, um, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly of it all is that, you know, once, you know, we got to a point, you know, in the 60s, because it was kind of, they blamed the hippie movement as well as, you know, some of the radical movements at that time um, for the misuse of these, you know, of these substances. And um, that's why they said, oh, you know, they're bad and they became scheduled and classified and stuff like that. But prior to all of that in the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s, they were doing ongoing tests that were suggesting that psychedelics were beneficial to people. Like they knew this at the time. And ironically, there's um like a Freedom of Information Act info that came out, you know, a good few years back that suggested in the 50s, you know, they were doing tests on African American inmates in the United States with Ebola. So they were drug addicts, opiate, you know, people addicted to cocaine and heroin and stuff like that. They were doing tests on them using Ebola and using it for rehabilitation and they were getting results. So they had people addicted to drugs in jail and rehabilitating them for Ebola in the 1950s and got results. 20 years later, they flooded those same communities with crack cocaine, knowing that it was an addictive drug, you know, and also had the solution or an answer to actually heal the addictive Thing and you know left it to their devices so i'm just saying that to say that we're not dealing with fair players and 
people, you know, the powers that be really want us to be liberated and free thinking and stuff like that. So only that's why we haven't had access to it and not privy to it. But I, I just say that to say that's just in this part of the world. As I said, there's a unbroken link that I can take you back to the Congo and Gabon. The people using these plants and they still use them to this day. It's just that the West wasn't interested in what they were doing or suggested that what they were doing was bad and wrong. And we had that perspective. We were given that perspective as well. So, so many things along the line have prevented us from having a kind of a true, honest dialogue with these plants, you know, in my lifetime at least. Yeah, do you think? I think as well, though, mate. That's why a lot of people, like ourselves, people that are maybe more intrigued in the in the universe, in the inner workings of ourselves and everything. That's why a lot of people like ourselves are, are reaching for this stuff, or maybe uh, are experimenting or or using this the, these tools on a regular basis because maybe we're, we're we've had enough of this this rigged rigged system, so to speak, and we want to use not as escapism, but to see the world for more of what it is because we only see this like brief veil over our eyes. And uh, as I've, I know from my limited experience of, of using magic mushrooms and LSD in particular, you start to see a lot more. <laughs> so do you think, do you agree with that? That people are, are, are reaching it for the, for, for those, for those reasons, because they want to not escape, but get away from this kind of system. There's this part of that. I guess some people are doing it for an escapism. You know, there's all different reasons as I'll, you know, walk my path of meet different people, the reasons why people would like to engage in I think no different from you know the earlier question as well that everything's seasonal everything happens in cycles so everything's not meant to be on that up and up all the time you know it's waves and fluctuations and stuff like that so people come into things and come around to things and you know in their own season but we are definitely in a you know a global consciousness you know with the things that are going on at the moment with you know the pandemic and all that type of stuff that you know the average Joe is just you know, questioning things now, you know, just questioning, you know, we didn't use the question, you know, we was taught not to question. So all of these things are definitely, you know, leading people to that place. And some people are doing it for escapism. Some people are doing it for, you know, answers. And like some people know they've done the research and they're aware of why and how you use these plants and, you know, are using it to communicate with their ancestors or using it to navigate the psyche or they're coming across tons and tons of the new research that's coming out suggesting it can help with depression, can help with anxiety and PTSD. And if you look around and are honest either you or you definitely know someone who's got anxiety depression or ptsd whether they've been diagnosed with it or not you just you like we, we know the current climate we're in so yes people are looking for answers people have got these questions then we haven't been given the best answers and results from the people who we would expect to give us the better like your gp or your government or the, the politicians you know the authorities are not giving us the you know the best solution so yeah people are looking for other options that's why, yes, in the current climate, with all the research that's happening as well and being put into the public domain, people look like they're going for it. Definitely, definitely. Let's touch on some of the the different types of of, of psychedelics. Then, and I mean, I know you're big for for the for the magic mushrooms. So, let's talk about the different ones. Maybe the ones that you've used and you 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 kind of help people use as well, uh, and some of your experience and experiences but also maybe some of the benefits you've seen with others as well because i know obviously you do a lot of of work with younger people and with in the community so what are the different ones that you've used and had good experiences with and and how how does each one differ as well because i know from personal experience that lsd is very different to magic mushrooms for example so can you just touch on the different ones a little bit so again like i really said like my experience is just that my experience and yours is just yours and the way people in interface with these plants and organisms is unique. So there's no 
set model, no set way, you know, that that I approach it, I would say this is the way or this is the one in particular. I've taught mushroom talk simply because of my background in horticulture and my understanding of mushrooms, mycelia, mycology as a whole, and understand that it's actually the oldest, earliest psychedelic that we know that we have on earth and the earliest used one as Kalinde and some of my other teachers and you know teach we are you know dealing with the oldest technology you know that is also pre-earth you know mushrooms are alien technology basically they're here before earth they were here before the plants you know and some of the other plants that we use have got a, you know a younger history and have more information gathered around earth story and you know, if that, if that makes sense. So with that, that's how some of the plants differ as well as where they grow. You know, so yeah. different plants grow, they have different types of technology. So you've got mushrooms and they grow all over the world. Wherever you are in the world, you are gifted mushrooms. That's why I'm an advocate for mushrooms. They're the most sustainable psychedelic during navigating your psyche or communicating with your ancestors or addressing your pressure, anxiety and those type of things there. It's the one that you can have a direct relationship with. You can cultivate it yourself. You know, and that's what I teach engage people in you know in dealing with and you know you find out all around all around the world um, now if we look at some of the you know the, an, another popular one lsd i guess that's how i was kind of first heard about psychedelics just with magic mushrooms lsd is a thing growing up in school I thought they were all bad but um lsd commonly called acid you know acid that's what everybody you know um was dealing with a lot in you know during those 60s and 70s you know, of the hippie movement and so forth. That was the, you know, the technology, as I like to refer to it, um, that was fueling the movement. And um, that's a synth synthetic, you know, it's a byproduct of organic material, but it's synthesized and, you know, processed and, you know, distributed um, in a liquid form on papers, you know, um, um, primary or can be inserted into drinks and Kool-Aid. And you've also got DMT, which is in itself its own psychedelic, but it's, you also find it as the active ingredient in other plants and grasses and so forth. So all these ones that I've just mentioned in particular, known as tryptamines, they come from a particular family of psychedelics, classic psychedelics. And psychedelics is just that the word psychedelic means to navigate the psyche or to make the psyche clear. But in particular, they do a good job at, at doing that if you work with them in, in you know in that in that way. Whereas the mushrooms, their active ingredient is psilocybin, and that's what the research that's currently happening is, you know, they're extracting the psilocybin from mushrooms or creating their own versions of psilocybin and then using, administering that in the trials that they're, you know, that they're trialing, you know, in Imperial as well as, you know, in the UK as well as in the States. Um, the ayahuasca, um, as I said, the active ingredient is DMT. They're also doing research in the UK using DMT as well in relation to near-death experiences. And people who had suffered from, or suffered from, who had had near-death experience, and they was comparing it to the DMT experience. But there's some wicked research and trials going around. With those are kind of like the main guys. And MDMA, I mean, not, you know, although not a classic psychedelic, there's loads of research at the moment suggesting that um, MDMA can also support with PTSD and other challenging uh, mental health, you know, other mental health challenges. So these are some of the main, you know, magic mushrooms, ayahuasca, DMT as well as MDMA. But you've also got what was my first experience with salvia divinorum, which is a plant that you find in Mexico. And um, it can be in its raw form, you know, just eaten and used. Um, it can be brewed up as well, or it can be dried out and smoked. So there's different ways of processing it and it can be used. And then that was my first you know, journey and working with these plants, which led me more into wanting to understand and explore them all to some degree. 
And um, I haven't tried them all. And through my experiences, what I've ultimately discovered is that they give you access to yourself. That's what they all do. They all have different filters. They have different signatures because they come from different places around the world. In some cases, they've got information from those places encoded within the plants. And then when you engage with the plants, you have a dance with it. So it's exploring yourself, your own DNA, as, it's, as well as exploring a plant's DNA. And that's kind of what I think all these plants and organisms offer um, the partaker, you know, the opportunity to explore yourself and build a relationship with the technology. So, yeah, that's, I don't know if that answered the question very much. Yeah, yeah, love it, love it. Are you happy? I know, as you said, everyone's experience is different. So me and you could take x amount of mushrooms together and we'd both have a very different experience and a very individualized experience but are you comfortable and happy like sharing maybe you one or two kind of i don't know best is not the best way to put it but like some powerful experiences that you had that have really maybe stuck with you and helped you um maybe in this reality like are you happy to share maybe a couple of, of powerful experiences that you've had Oh man, like, and, I, and that's what I've always found interesting. Like, I find every single one of my experiences really powerful and profound, even when it's really like simple, like as straightforward as like some people say, oh, nothing happened. And then it was like, oh, but at one point I was just howling for 20 seconds, <laughs> like, a, like a wolf. <laughs> I'm like, that's cool. Like those are, you know, these are, these are things that I, I, I like to explore as well. So I'm just saying that to say that all the experiences that I encompass, I'm experienced with these i've really appreciated they've all been profound i don't rank i really can't i don't and can't rank them so i can't understand where you're coming from but um what all these experiences have done ali for me ultimately like the, the, the simplest way i explain it like yeah i've traveled i've seen stuff i've engaged stuff i've been god and i've been a piece of shit you know i've been <laughs> as you know i've gone from all the extremes and experience you know um a, a lot on these experiences but ultimately what is the applicable side of it is that it's allowed me to drop a lot of my load and I say that to say, um, like, we always individuals just carry baggage, you know, and um, whatever that baggage is, whether it's childhood baggage, work shit, girlfriend, boyfriend type stuff, we pick up this stuff, we carry it around with us. Some of it is useful, but nine times out of ten, it's not serving us well. And there was just a lot of stuff that I carried around with me that I was conscious of. Like, I knew that there's stuff about me that I'm not feeling that I want to sort out. And then there was the unknown. There was stuff about myself that I didn't know that um, it uncovered or unpacked you know or re allowed me to realign with that um allowed me to realize oh I'm carrying stuff that I didn't even know that I was carrying it's like being an alcoholic and not knowing you're an alcoholic and it's like before you can start the healing work you've got to be able to say my name's Darren and I'm an alcoholic mm-hmm. but like knowledge that I can't start the healing work but imagine you don't even know you're an alcoholic you're just you know you're just drinking this drink and acting up because this is the drink that was given to you from birth and this is just all you know so I'm saying that to say that all of my experiences in some way just allow me to drop my load that allows me to free myself up then become what I'm becoming. And um, as far as the experiences that really done it for me, one of them was the salvia experience because it was like my first experiences with these plants. And I maybe had done it once or twice before at very low dosages, just very scared and nervous, not knowing what I was getting into and just being very cautious and getting to a point where I'm like, well, nothing's happening at these smaller doses. I need to just fill, you know, fill this thing up and go for it. And then on one occasion I'd done that. And um, yeah, that was when life was never the same again. It was one of those moments. And what happened literally was, you know, um, I'd been reading a lot, which I always tell people now, I don't read too much about other people's experiences. I just have your experience. But I was reading that with Salvia in particular, like you really can, um, it's like a connect, there's a part of it 
technology that connects you with things. Whatever you're sitting on, laying on, leaning on, it you could become it. And I was reading mm-hmm. about these things, and I just remember that day that I basically took because it was in a the bong in a in a drive form, which was legal at the time. You could buy it in the UK legally, so I tried it, and I remember just taking this hit. And what was I? What was interesting about it was um, I bought a brand new bong that day because my previous experience with it with Salvia was um, I was reminded in the experience that I shouldn't use this bong that I was using previously with this plant because I'd use, use it for, for weed basically. So I've been smoking weed in this bong, I put sour in it and next time I smoke sour, the experience is like, don't smoke me in that pipe again, I want my own pipe. I'm like, oh shit. And I was like, I didn't know how real, you know, I'm very new to this, you know, to this experience. And then I went out the next day though, you know, Camden Town, not too far from me, picked up a new bong, came home, and then I'd done a session a couple of days later, but not conscious of the fact that new bong I had bought, the bowl was like two times the size of the bowl that I had been using the previous bong. So when I loaded it up, I just kind of just like put it up again and boom. And literally I got, it's what I call the banana peeling feeling where I took the hit. I don't even remember putting the bong down and I literally just kind of started getting peeled back layer by layer. And then I remember getting stuck to the wall, you know, at the time. And uh, me looking at my friends and just not knowing their, their faces just changing and stuff like that. And I was eventually just trying to pull, get away from the wall. And I remember just putting my left arm away from the wall and seeing my arm and looking at my arm. It was just like pure light energy. It was just light and energy. And I'd never physically seen anything like that, you know. And um, it was real. <laughs> it wasn't my imagination. <laughs> it was real. And um, I engaged with it and had a wicked experience that they tried to pull me in all these portals and I was scared. I didn't know what was going on because it happened so quick and so fast. And I remember just coming back and being like, shit, like, what was that? And I'm looking at my friends and they're just looking at me, looking at me scared. And it was a crazy <laughs> experience day, but like life because it was the catalyst. It's like, I saw, like, I saw what I'd been trying to see. You know, all these books I'd been reading all the years. And like Belinda had always said, he goes like, you can keep reading about the gods or you can go meet them. You can go and hang with them if you want to, you know, at, at the right dosages. So that was my entrance into, into that world. And yeah, that was, you know, sort of, kind of like the first time was, sort of, yeah, the, one of the best times, you know, and a series of experiences after that kind of each time just pushed me further and further to exploring myself, man, and getting to see that I can drop certain ideas about myself and, this, that, and the other, and, and move move freely. And I, then I, I commit, I, like, the freedom that it gave me at that time that I was feeling and apply, what I was applying at that time and seeing the results. I'm like, I, I could never turn, look back. I can't look back and turn back. This is going to be a part of my life now. And that's what the experiences were showing me, that we're, we're with you. We're part of your life. And you're actually going to be an ambassador for us. You're going to talk on our behalf. I'm like, no, I ain't. <laughs> I mean, this is what I'm doing with my life. This is what's going on. And it took me years, man. It took me years of going through the motions with mushrooms. We've had, like, you need to get out there and, you know, speak on this. And then some humans came along and said, yeah, you need to do it. And I'm like, that's what I'm getting from these experiences. And like, let me get out and start talking about it. So this is kind of like the life changing create a lifestyle for myself Ali, man i live and go around the world talking about mushrooms now. that's what it's done for me you know and I come- yeah man they, they they showed you the way and you've and you finally listened and obliged <laughs> love it love it so i always just tell people like there's you know different so I, I will only know until you're coming back and saying oh this is what's going on for me and my experiences my goal really is to show you how do you receive your files there's files out there, man. I refer to it as technology, organic technology. You go into iCloud, there's all of these files out there, and you've got to know how to download and stream them to yourself. Sometimes you go on these experiences and you come back and you're like, what the hell was all that about? 
Salvia, DMT, they work really quick, you know, five, 10 minutes, you're back in the room, but you're like, what the hell was all that about? How do you keep those files? How do you process, you know, integrate as some of the terminology they use today, those experiences so it's applicable in your day-to-day -day life and you're not walking around and telling everybody, I'm a god, I'm Superman, I've met, I've been one with, so it's like, yeah, but, you know, still, when we come back here, how useful is that for you, you know, so that's really what I then started trying to get. How do you go about that, mate, then? How do you get people to, to integrate some of this stuff so they might have gone way out there, had crazy stuff happen, and then how do they, how do you coach them or help them to, to integrate that into their normal in air quotes life and that's not easy but it's as far as you know working with what makes sense you know with, within your psychic you know psyche you know what resonates what made sense you know some sometimes it's really obvious you know sometimes it's really obvious but then it's like we don't want to deal with it you know and then sometimes it's not obvious and we don't know you know you know what we're approaching but sometimes it's like as clear as like you might have to have certain conversations with family members friends you know to address certain things, this luggage that you might be carrying, you know, you, you know, your relationship with your partner, you know, like, are you being honest with each other, you know, about how you feel, and these things might come up in your experience, and then when you come out, you're like, oh, shit, like, do I really want to have these conversations, do I really want to, you know, address these things, you know, and it's like, these are then the conversations that I'll be going through people with, you know, maybe the best way to approach it, you know, like we say, after a psychic experience don't be making decisions the next day like if it tells you to quit your job like, i'd advise you not to quit your job the next day <laughs> just have like because it could be so inspired and so like yeah if you quit your job and you do this and you do that life's going to be amazing and it may just be but not overnight like it's uh, you know it's giving you a plan a map and it's about how do you utilize it how do you create a space for yourself to review what you've experienced make sense of whatever you can make sense of and what you can how do you integrate it you know into into your life so many times mushrooms have been really clear like you need to go here and do this and it might not say it in that way but the experience leads me to being in a place like jamaica and then you know mushrooms i'm in, I'm in jamaica you know it'll tell me about you know stuff going on in my life and it's whether i you know really acknowledge that or not like i've got to be honest with myself so these are the kind of things that i go through people just it's kind of like again just self-discovery you know and it's realizing that it's not the plants it's you you know and you're having a access to you know a way of communicating with yourself and you're best qualified to understand that so i'm just trying to give you tools that allow you to explore and understand yourself through this method that i have a little more experience maybe than you but not much i'm not here and i haven't worked it out i'm still here working out. <laughs> probably never will <laughs> how how much emphasis do you put on then maybe someone that has zero or little experience with with psychedelics or with magic mushrooms how much emphasis do you put on the the person working with maybe someone like yourself may, maybe a guide or somebody that understands them in a bit more detail do you put a big emphasis on that or do you just say to people just like go and have go and do it yourself have your own experience what where do you go or where do you stand with that so you know i have i kind of approach it multiple different ways um but like because i come from a grown man perspective i'm like if you're grown you're making decisions for yourself. This is a decision that you've got to make for yourself, but I can help support you and facilitate you in that in some way. So me, I'm always like, so what do you want to do? Do you want to do it by yourself? Do you want to do it with a sit? I do like, what do you want to do? And then we build it from there. You know, it's like, it's your birthday. It's your celebration. It's your time. How do you see fit? And then I introduce them to some of the ideas around, you know, as, you know, set, setting intentions, you know, the mindset that you need to have or you wouldn't want to get yourself into, so to speak space to set the environment that you would have the experience in you know and what are your intentions so 
we explore all of that. And our school of thought is primarily that if you've never done a psychedelic before, you're not into, you know, you've not walked this path that, yeah, you should have a sitter. We don't necessarily deal with guides. You know, I was introduced, this as it's, this is the journey of the alone into the alone. You know, nobody can t- walk into that cave for you. You need to walk into the cave by yourself. But I can show you and give you certain directions. But from that point, you need to move, you know, you need to move into this experience. But that's what we do. We basically have worked with people and get them comfortable where they can just basically feel comfortable to do the experiences by themselves. They would say at least up to the first three times you should have a sit-on. It was just basically there to just make sure that you're cool, you're, you know, they don't need to be qualified, so to speak, because there's no qualifications that you can get in, in psychedelics, you know, but you just want someone who's experienced, who, you know, more experienced than you and basically can bring you water, wipe your face if you need, face needs wiping, if you've pissed, shit, vomited on yourself, you know, those kind of things, <laughs> they're there to help you with that type of stuff. If you want someone to talk to, there's someone to talk to with you. Like, it's just, like, that's what their role is, you know, so to speak. Mm-hmm. It's about you going into this, you know, for, under, you know, with the understanding that you've got, you're, you're going to be exploring yourself. And anybody around you potentially could be a distraction. And group se- sessions and group settings can be great and marvellous too. But what we're talking about, getting to the root of you, it's best that you do it in a room alone by yourself, you know, and get, you know, just really discover yourself, so to speak. But that's what we're working towards. But leading up to that, it's just being responsible, knowing what you're doing, where you're doing it, who you're doing it with, if you're doing it with people, what is the set and setting, what are your intentions? You know, we would be exploring all of those things prior to experience. And some people, they go like, yeah, I want to do it because my mates went through the other week and they said they had a wicked time. And I'm like, okay, so maybe if that's why you want to do it, that's cool. I'm not here to judge why you want to do it, but maybe you need to do a bit more, you know, look into it, you know, a bit more where you meet people and they just really know what time it is and where they're at with it. And, you know, there's not much support they need from me, so to speak. You know, it's just like affirming. I'm just giving them affirmations that you're there, man. You're, you're just where I'm at, like where you're at, Addy. We're just, you know, and you're, you're now, you know, in your own sovereign right of deciding to make decisions for yourself. So just like I say to people, growing your own food is a revolutionary act in my, you know, in my, from where I come from. So growing your own medicine, explore your psyche to become a better version of yourself. Like I commend anybody that's, you know, thinking on, you know, in that way and whatever support or help I can give them is just, I just do the best that I can. I don't come from a clinical background, you know, I'm not a psychotherapist, I'm not any of that. I just have experience in participating in these plants. I know other people are having through our, our individual as well as group experiences. I just try to give people the best advice as possible you know especially when it's hard in the uk where it's illegal people are breaking the law and then i've got people who will travel to the netherlands because that's where you can do it legally and you know different sites like there's just different ways that people would need to approach it but i just say yeah like just start with really what's going on inside of you how do you feel about this and most people are nervous scared anxious excited they got all of those things going on and we find that those feelings are are useful though darren i i personally think from my experience that those feelings of maybe a bit nervous and a bit anxious or maybe slightly worried I, I felt like that was a good thing for me when I first did uh, magic mushrooms because it was the unknown I wasn't sure what I was doing I, I was a bit apprehensive a bit nervous but I feel as if for me that really helped as well because it kind of made me respect the mushrooms as well so that I wasn't going oh yeah I don't care like I'm a spiritual cat I'm just gonna have an amazing trip I wasn't like that I was I was I wanted to do it. My mindset was positive, but I also had this kind of lingering apprehension as well. Do you think that's that's useful? 
I think it's useful. If that makes sense to me. Any person who comes to me and says, nah, I ain't worried about this. This is because I've had one or two of those types of people. This is going to be fine. I've got it in the bag. And I'm like, okay, cool. When anything you're stepping into that you've never done before, there should be some kind of like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Like, that, for me, that's normal. That's a normal sound, sound you know, it's like, like anything, you know. So with that, it all adds up. But for me, what happens is that it doesn't stop, doesn't go away, so to speak. You know, all that happens is that you just get better, better at dealing with it. So I don't know if you're, you know, in any field of your life, you, you know, you've had to speak publicly. You've got to do, you know, you've, you know, it's just like a musician, you know, who's got to go out on stage. And it could be, I don't know, Madonna, Michael Jackson or any of the new type of artists. And I guess when they went on stage the first time and, then, you know, I'm shaking, nervous, potentially vomiting, you know, passing out. And they could tell you that 20 years later, 30 years later, I'm still nervous every time I go on the stage. But they just found ways of dealing with it, found ways of addressing it, different, you know, rituals for themselves or just different practices that get them in that space where they know or are better prepared for the experience. Because you're always stepping into the unknown, Ali. That's the thing with these experiences. It's not a thing that's like, because I always refer to it as a computer game. It kind of, you know, a metaphor of you've got to just go through the certain levels. But, you know, if you're any kind of classic computer game from back in the day, you just got to do level one. And after a while, you've kind of mapped level one out. You know exactly where they're coming from, where you've got to duck, where you've got to do. Like you kind of clock it. But with psychedelics, it isn't that. that is, you can't map it out all the time to the point where it's like, well, when I take mushrooms on Saturday, I know exactly where I'm going and what I'm doing and how it's going to kind of end up. And that's the kind of, yeah, the unknown element that it always brings. And I like that healthy to have, you know, um, nervousness or scaredness. When I say healthy, in the sense of that you have it, but you still keep moving forward. And that's what Kalinde, you know, taught me. Goes because when I said to him, "Man, I've done this a few times now. I'm still getting shook." Like, <laughs> what a stupid is like. I'm getting goodness out of it, but every time I step into it, there's still like a shookness. And he was like, you know, after 30, 40 years of doing this, he goes, "There's still many weekends that I put mushrooms in the fridge, ready for the weekend. And when the weekend comes, I'm like, yeah, mushrooms. I'll do you next weekend. You know, uh, you know, because you're just opening up Pandora's box." You know, and that's, you know, the rare responsibility comes in after, you know, doing it a few times, you know, you realise that, yeah, maybe it's not for everybody, you know, and but you will not know until you step in, until you experience, you can make that, you know, that decision for yourself. Mm. Let's let's stick on mushrooms then for as an, as an example, because I know this is where you've got a lot of your experience in. How, how important is the dosage? Because I've experimented with different dosages. Um, and I know a lot of people speak about, oh, you have this amount or X amount and this dosage is right for this and so on and so forth. But where do you stand on and on kind of dosage of, of, of mushrooms and how much one should take? <laughs> so that's why I like these questions as well, because mushrooms, the technology has shown me that mushrooms are dose specific. So very important, the doses, as you're saying, but it's also individual specific. So dosages and the individuals, you, you, it can vary. So like we said, you could take three grams, I could take three grams, and you could go to the universe and me, I could be sitting there saying nothing's happening. You know, so so like you, you there's no guarantees with particular dosages, different strains, you know, it's like smoking weed, for example, you've got stronger strains and other strains and stuff like that. So I always suggest to people that if you're going that route, you know, the kind of school of thought, you know, is like anything you've that is below the threshold that you're not, feeling the experience so to speak is what's known as a microdose experience you know so you've got that category and that's below the threshold those are normally sub grammage weights 0.2 0.3 0.4 weightage just to give you an idea 
and then you get into that one to three gram area where people say that's kind of like a recreational dose. People take a gram or two, three, go out, party and go festivals and stuff like that. <laughs> and then um, when you get into the five gram and above, that's known as the heroic dose, which is coined by Terence McKenna, you know, the heroic, the hero's dose of five grams. And um, I'm sharing that with you, Ali, but at the same time, I know that people who have done five grams and nothing's happened to them. Nothing's mm-hmm. happened to and like I said, other people, they take it and they're like, shit, I ain't never doing that again. And that was like too much. So you as the individual need to kind of start gauging if this is a path, it's work, it's a journey that you're on. You start wherever you feel comfortable starting. And if that is in the below the threshold or if it's at one gram or if you want to jump in and start at five grams, you just got to do your research and start where you feel comfortable. You've got to know what you want to get out of this. If you're going into the lower dosages and microdosing, you can try it and be by yourself maybe. If you're getting it, if you've never done it before and you want to have an experience and you've got to be conscious of that and make sure you've got the right people around that can facilitate that space for you, so to speak. And once you're getting into the five gram and above region, that's when we will say, that's when the wheels start to turn. That's when mushrooms start to offer the gifts they have, have to offer. Um, but like I said, for me personally, it didn't really start happening for me, like the the the, the other side of the mushrooms, I was in like the seven to nine gram region. Yeah, I think, I think mate, I'm going to be the same because my, my highest dose so far is about four, just over four, four and a half. And I had a great experience, but... I think I want to go in that to the other side and see the, the, the cool stuff. And I feel as if I'm going to have to edge myself up uh, towards those kind of dosages because I have a friend who's took same, same strains of mushrooms as me. And like, he's had quite a far out experience on like four grams. Whereas for me, it was just like, yeah, I was getting a few visuals. I was, I felt amazing. Uh, maybe in contact with the higher power a bit more, but in terms of things that I might have an idea of, or maybe, not expecting but i have an intention of reaching i think i'm gonna have to up that dosage so it's interesting you should say that and i suppose you can they're completely different uh things but you can relate it to alcohol as well like some people have a pint and they'll be smashed off the tits and other people will have to take 10 pints before they even feel it it's the same similar sort of thing you know it's just basically when these when this comes up a lot in dialogue like some people approach it like it's second stone and that's why I think it can be scary. So if it's just like, oh, you drink a pint, this is going to happen. It's like, no, that's not necessarily going to happen. If you take five, that's not It's like, put it out in that way. And because some people get assurance that, oh, I'm doing it below this dosage. So everything's going to be all right. I'm not going to have those types of experiences. And they take two grams and they're, you know, they're all over the place, climbing the walls and stuff. So it's just, it's, that's why I really enforce this. The technology makes you. It's not, just the, it's not just the plant, you know, you play a big part in it. Actually, it is you. Who decides that, mate? Who decides? Does the does the technology of the of the of the med of the medicine of the herb of the plant decide, or do you, or is it the combination of the two? I think there's combinations. There's you know, yeah, they're like ultimately you're the pilot, man. You're the navigator, you know. And I've got to points where I can be like, look, I don't want to see no more. I don't want. I want to just be human again, please. <laughs> just make me human again. And I can kind of call that shot. And there's other times where I'm just like, we ain't finished with you. Coming over here, <laughs> this is you know, and it's like. But by the end of it, I'm like, oh, I get it. Because ultimately, it's you. Like, that's how I, you know, I come from a school of thought where, you know, we're living in a holographic universe and stuff like that. And where we're just, you know, we're dealing with this physical world as physical. But, you know, I know better. You know, I don't know, no, but I know better at least. And with that said, I know that stuff is, you know, goes beyond the physical. So, you know, it's metaphysical. So um, you have that 
that power and ability anyway, regardless. I was watching, you know, just to kind of jump on it, I was, um, and answers an earlier question as well, I was watching a, a little clip on some of the earliest people that we find in South Africa, known as the Bushmen. So I talk about these groups a lot. But in this particular um, documentary, they was talking about the dances that they do. So these dances are part of what I would also say is part of the integration that needs to be con considered when dealing with psychedelics. So especially if you go to the clinic, I'm drifting, but I'll come back. But if you go to like the clinical places where they're suggesting you take psychedelics and the therapeutic and the integration, it's basically getting psychotherapy. But when you go to South America, when you go to Asia, when you go to Africa and so forth, and you see what their integration is, like picking up drums and dancing, you know, like they are pro it's not necessarily just somebody on your shoulder saying, Look, everything's going to be all right. They're like, Get up, dance, you know, do this. There's particular things you need to learn and do. And this is all part of, you know, part of the, you know, part of the experience. And um, so, what they were suggesting in the documentary is that these groups of people were um, the Bushmen or the Saruman were able to generate these altered states of consciousness communicate with the universe, the gods, for lack of a better word, and they was able to do it through dance. But what the researchers were saying, it was all to do with their genes and their DNA, was their genes and the DNA are some of the oldest, diverse ones that we find on planet Earth. These are the earliest humans, again, that weren't considered humans when Europeans first encountered them. But it's something to do with something inside of them, suggested in this documentary, that allows them when they dance, when they do certain things, that they can have these experiences. Like an antenna or a receiver coming in. You got it, you got it. So... These things outside of us are just technologies that allow us, just like this technology, Ali, it allows us to communicate. But it's you, I talk, I'm gonna phone you, I'm gonna, you know, it's like, so it's understanding that relationship, but I don't disrespect the phone and say, I don't need the phone. It's like, I couldn't do it without the phone. So it's just understanding the relationship that you're gonna be building with the technology. That's where I think mm -hmm. it comes so tangible. It's like, it's both, like, it's, it takes two to tango you are the pilot before we kind of wrap up things and, and wind down i just want to touch on some of the work that you're doing because obviously i know you're doing like big work and stuff with 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 the young generation with the community with the black community with people that are offenders so can you just explain like some of the the results that you're seeing with 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 these people that you're working with like what benefits they're getting and and, and what changes they're making in their lives I used to work with young kids who've been kicked out of school, come out of prison. Most of them have got in trouble because they're selling drugs, you know, in, you know, in that lifestyle. And I've seen witness being part of the transformation of young people that have gone from, as we would say, selling keys of weed to selling keys of salad, you know, have seen, have just, you know, shift the hustle, you know, understood the principles of the hustle that they was involved in, you know, like illegally, but there's principles in that that stand the testament of time that if implemented in the right way could actually a good choice for you so you being that hust that hustler mentality can be transferred into you know a food industry or can be transferred into the food industry so we go from selling weed bags to salad bags in a sense of other young people that want to represent the block you know that's what they're about representing the ends at the end of the program they're saying all right i can't wait to get to dominica and help my grand because we've got land in dominica that I, all the time i used to go on holiday i used to think it was a chore it was um, come out in the fields. I thought some young people think it's slavery. Like that's, that's a slave's job. You know, that's kind of like some of the ideas around this work. So to see young people who are the hard to reach, who might come to my very first session saying, you know, so I don't want to be in there. Who wants to do gardening? You only do gardening because you failed, failed in life. I've had all these <laughs> terms thrown at me as far as gardening. But then to see six, eight, 12 weeks later, young people out there selling salads, getting on, getting their house, 
selling keys of salad to local restaurants and you know um, various enterprises. So I've seen and witnessed transformation in young people when you give them tangible alternatives. You can't tell a young person stop doing this, stop doing that, and not give them an alternative. Maybe how they're making a hundred, two hundred, three hundred, four hundred pound a day in some cases. You know, like you must doing nothing. You're trying to convince them to make less than that and go and work in a warehouse, lifting and moving boxes and stuff like. Any smart individual say, oh, let me work out the options. And then if they're a risk taker, like a lot of these naive young people are, they're like, well, I'm weighing it up. This weighs up better for me. And I'm prepared to take the risk because they don't see any other. There's nothing to lose. But other people have, they say, well, it's not an easy, it's an easy option. You do the right thing, don't you? But some young people don't have those options or the parameters to even to be able to view that. So for me to see some of the young people come full circle and be like, yeah, I'm trying to sell salads now and onions and potatoes. And we used to do the survey saying, you know, how many people out there take drugs? You know, and there might be a lot of people take, that take drugs and we used to do the surveys with them, right? So how many people in this room smoke weed or take crack or heroin? And some people are honest and put their hands up and stuff. And I'll be like, how many people in this room eat food? Because that's my market. I'm, I'm trying to market to food eaters. And my young, I'll be like, bro, wherever I go in the world, I've got a market. So if we're talking about business, you want, you're into this for making money. How, how, how are we going to lose that <laughs> making money if everybody eats food and everybody buy, you know, buys the food? And they'll just be exploring, well, why do you do these, the things that you do? Why have you decided that you want to be a drug dealer? To make money, we've just discovered that we can make money other ways. And then basically with the real young people, I'm going to say, oh, I get it, bro. You're just a follower. I'll get a clock the game. You're you're not a leader. You're a leader, but you're really a follower. I can have that conversation with some young people. And you know, what do you mean? I'm like, yeah, you're just doing it because he does it. Someone else was doing it before, but you've got the opportunity to create something new if you want to. If you want to be a leader in this, you know, and it's just exploring that. So those are some of the I've worked with young people. We get results that way with them. And bringing it right fast forward in just to more recently, I've got young people of their own accord have explored some of my research. <laughs> And then I've come back and said, sir, no, sir, you know, <laughs> like, I've, I've dived in, I've dived into the mushroom world, man. I'm going to do my own research and I've come back and what you're saying isn't as crazy or far-fetched as I thought it was. And a lot of them have put some of the bad lifestyle to the side. I can honestly say that, like the things that they were caught up in, you know, the drugs, the criminal lifestyle, they've consciously stepped away from that and created, you know, new opportunities for themselves. So that's just to give you a perspective of some of the work I've done, I'm doing with others in the community through food growing, as well as just inspiring people through the knowledge. Because obviously I can't give people these things. I can't, you know, I used to get my students all the time in school, but like, so you're going to teach us how to grow weed? Are you going to be like, no, that's not what what it's about. These skills are transferable. And when you decide as an adult what you want to do with yourself, you might decide to use those skills for that. I hope that you use these skills to grow food and not grow weed. That's for real, you know. But if you decide to grow your own medicine to heal yourself, who am I to knock you, you know? And this is some of the reasons why Ali Asso stuck away from schoolwork and working with, you know, with young people in that way, because it's getting to a point where it's like, yeah, to do the practical work and to get the results we may have to look at other places and spaces, you know, for, for that to happen. And it might not happen in school. Like, I know I'm drifting, but like my children were homeschooled, Ali. Like, I've never really believed since I came out of the education system that it works for us. So although I work in schools, I don't really have much faith in schools in educating and empowering people anyway. I, I feel though, like we've, I feel like we've come full circle and this is gonna, this is quite nice the way it's where it's at and there are no coincidences. It's, it's, we've come full circle because we've spoken a lot about like the history of, 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 of all this stuff and, and maybe more about who we are on a deeper level. But now we're coming to maybe where we are now. We've come full circle on this conversation and leads me nicely onto what I maybe want to ask to kind of wrap things up is, is where, where, where do you see 
things going with with uh, with psychedelics in particular, with with a lot of these things that we've spoken about, but also <laughs> again a deep question which you probably won't have the answer for, but is with humanity as well. Where do you think see things going? Well, like, I would like to think, well, as my elders taught me, we're going in the right direction because everything happens in cycles, as I mentioned earlier on, and we're just in an interesting period of time. Um, as my, I've been taught for 20 years now, like we're coming through the dark period, the shadow, you know, like all these terminologies have come up, but this is something ancient as well that was predicted, you know, or, you know, kind of point that we're going to be going through a particular phase. It wasn't just one year. It wasn't the year 2000, the year 2012 and all the different years that people put out. It's a phase, a period of, of, of time. And in some cases, it can be hundreds of years, you know, thousands of years, these various periods of time. But we're just in an interesting period of time. Um, I would like to think that the thing that birthed our consciousness as we know it today, which is psychedelics, is going to support us in the last days in sorting our shit out. You know, that's where I'm in my kind of blue sky thinking. And everything and everyone in between is just very important. You know, um, so as far as the clinical approach, all the research that's being done for the therapeutic arm of psychedelics, as well as what the hippies are doing, you know, as well as, the, you know, like everything in between plays a big part in allowing this information to be dissem disseminated. So one, people are aware we can start having mature conversations about psychedelics. So this day in my community, it's still difficult to have a mature conversation about psychedelics, but it's that white hippie thing, or it's just a drug, or it's, it's like this, it's, it's so primary school level of communication that I've got to have before we can start to like, like well actually it's just technology that we can use to shift our consciousness we can use it to you know reconfigure ourselves and you know we've got to talk about you know other things before that but I do feel that we're in a, an interesting place and space not just for young people not just in the UK but just in the world as we know it today kind of shift where we're at and just to wrap it up for mine, there was an article that came out recently that, that was comparing the pan corona pandemic and lockdown and all that stuff to a psychedelic experience and just saying the same thing. Pretty much it's like what you get out of it determines what you get out of it. So the psychedelic experience, some people might say I had a bad trip, but that bad trip actually inspired them, actually, you know, kicked them up the arse to, to make shifts and changes in their life. And it's saying the same about, you know, the whole pandemic because what it does, it disrupts your, you know, disrupts your general, um, your general routines, you know, thought processes. So with that said, that the combination of this experience that we're going through around the world that we're all up under at the moment, along with psychedelics, I really think it's creating some kind of, not really, believe it is, I'm witnessing shifts in, in people, my own self and people around me. So if we're currently on this path, um, I feel like we're in a good place and space. But at the same time, we do have to go through the dark to see the light, so to speak. Agreed, man. Love it, love it. Final question, just to um, wrap things up. If someone's listening to this or watching this on, on YouTube or whatever platform it goes on and um, they're thinking, oh, I've been inspired by Darren, inspired by Ali and, the, and their stories and, I, and they maybe want to start using psychedelics, um, what would be your maybe one to two or three pieces of advice to, for them to start their journey? Yeah, well, you've got to do your Googles, innit? You've got to really know what you're doing and what you're getting into as far as the technology you're deciding to use. And I would always advise anybody with anything that you're dealing with, like, find people who do it, who have had the experiences. So if you want to be a millionaire, you've got to go and meet a millionaire. You need to get advice from a millionaire how to become a millionaire. So if you want to step into psychedelics, you need to speak with people who've done psychedelics, who are experiencing holding space, 
you know, and that, that could facilitate you, your, you know, your experience if need be. And you really need to understand this whole thing is about exploring your psyche and you need to create the right mindset and the right environment to do that. And that was like the fundamental thing. So the set, setting an intention, as I mentioned earlier on, you need to explore that or look at that, read about it more, understand what that is for the integration process. So when you have the experience, you can integrate that into you. Your, your lifestyle and having someone or people around you who are educated or qualified so to speak, through experience and that's what you need to do before you just think like I've been places and spaces where people just turn up it's like oh we're holding a ceremony do you want to jump in on a ceremony and like they're willing to allow people like I don't know how you know yeah how, how it works and if that's cool within your circle you might have a community that that's how you roll and that's how you do things but yeah before you just jump into anybody's ceremony be aware of what that ceremony is what the intentions are who the people are and if you bring it home and i say bring it home meaning it's your dealing with self then you're going to create a set a setting that you're familiar with and that should allow you to have a more you know um, a better experience than jumping in a room with 30 people that you don't know so to speak but if this facilitator is your mum your dad your brother your sister your girlfriend your boyfriend you know who you love care for you know love and cares for you and they're the one in the space i think that would be the best person you know as a new person to kind of be working with those kind of yeah, those people around you yeah definitely yeah. there's loads of books loads of things online you know the breaking convention who i'm affiliated we've got loads of stuff on youtube that you can kind of explore the safety side of things you know as far as taking psychedelics so that's kind of the areas that you need to be looking into you know, safety and just removing the fear that you're doing anything wrong bad or you're going to kill yourself yeah yeah <laughs> And just and it's it's like anything in life, isn't it? It's it's respect having having respect for the technology that you use in, but also respect for yourself. And I think if you go in it into it with respect, then you're going to have what, as you coined it, a better experience as well. What you ultimately, I would like to think, when you get to certain places and spaces within the experience, and you realise that you're writing a movie for yourself, and you are the writer, the producer, the director, and a lot of this you can there's no guarantee just like writing a movie you know like you might have a vision in the script but it comes out different when it's finally you know um produced and it's the same with your experience but if you can get more into the director's chair of this experience just realize that you are the director you know not give up your power to a shaman to a friend or anybody's like you are the director so that's when people come to me it's like so what do you want to do how do you see it happening and if you don't know that's something you need to then go that's something to, that's some homework to go and do you know, to start knowing where you are coming from and why you need to do things and what you're going to gain from it because that's what the experience is going to pull out from you. And if you're not prepared to deal with those things, then you, you might have some challenges. Mm. Love it. Nice one, man. I love that. That was a great chat. Thanks. Yeah, with you, I really appreciate the invitation to share. It's nice and organic. I didn't know where it was going to go today. So, yeah. That's the best ones. Two things then to wrap, wrap it up. Where can the listeners go to find out more about you? What, what's your website, social, that kind of stuff? Cool, cool, yeah, man. So I'm pretty much Darren LeBaron, and that's me. So Darren Lee Baron, that's Darren, L-E-B-A-R-O-N.com. It's the website, Instagram, Facebook. That's pretty much where you find me. And um, yeah, man, like my email and all that type of stuff is on the website too. I've got a YouTube channel as well. And Darren LeBaron, yeah, so I think Darren LeBaron on the, on the social medias. And you see, not just myself, but others who I, you know, I'm inspired by, who um, share their stories, share their experiences, not just in psychedelics, but just in life, um, that help others in their journey in life. 
And um, yeah, so that's how I'm, that's, that's how people can find me. And at the same time, because I'm here by way of a mutual friend of ours, I've got a big up brother, Oi son, for making a link, making a plug, and the brothers and sisters and family in the States, you know, that I'm affiliated with. So check out what they're doing over there. We were at the Detroit conference, psychedelic conference earlier on this year. And there's a range of other things going on. So you can check out the AI network and others in the States, man, doing their thing. So that's how... You know, I'm, I'm connected here in the UK and in the States too. And keep your eyes on Jamaica. Nice, nice. Okay, we always wrap my podcast up in the same way, mate, and that's with a favourite quote. So can you hit us with a powerful quote to end the show? Probably my most popular. I don't know how powerful it is, but I was taught it by a pimp rapper. <laughs> and it's all too short. And that's getting where you fit in. Perfect. Nice one, Darren. Thank you so much for your time and I wish you all the success, brother. Wicked Ali, all the best to you, my man, and have a good day. That's a wrap on another episode of the Kinetic Fitness Show. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast episode with your friends, family, and colleagues. Until next time, peace and love.